Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Mr. Schumer. Mr. Scott of Florida. Mr. Scott of South Carolina. Mrs. Shaheen. Mr. Shelby. What you're hearing right now are the senators uh, voting to table the Schumer proposal. That was the counter to the rules proposed by Leader Mitch McConnell earlier today. Uh, There had been four hours set aside to debate these two uh, measures. It looks like we're going to come in just under that. That's a pretty good thing, meaning maybe uh, these proceedings are moving on along a little quickly, a little more quickly than uh, was predicted. So we're going to continue to follow this vote. Now, what does it mean to table? So Mitch McConnell uh, put forth his guidelines for how he would like to see these proceedings uh, carried out. And then it was Chuck Schumer who introduced a counter resolution to uh, change that, an amendment to uh, what Leader McConnell introduced. And uh, right now, what will likely happen when these votes are tallied is that the Schumer proposal will be set aside and it will be under the guidelines laid out in the Mitch McConnell resolution that will govern uh, these proceedings as they continue. So that'll be, uh, that should wrap up for the most part what happens today. I want to uh, point something out very quickly before we get into the topic of this segment. I sent a text message around to some of my friends working back in Washington and I said, hey, listen, can you, what's interesting to you as you watch these proceedings today? Is there any little bits of trivia that are jumping up to you? Is there anything that uh, someday might be a question on Jeopardy? And uh, one friend of mine sent a a note back and he says, yeah, uh, the tables. The, the tables. What's he talking about? If uh, you are in front of a TV right now, or if you make your way over to uh, my Lee Lonsberry Facebook page for this show, uh, there's a link there to a stream that we're providing through KSL.com to follow these impeachment proceedings. Uh, uh, just uh, covered the whole thing. Wall-to-wall coverage there uh, on the website. Again, you can link to that, or you can find a link to that, rather, on my Lee Lonsberry Facebook page. If you look right now, you'll see a view of the United States Senate that... That is pulled back. You will see all of the desks occupied by the various sen- senators throughout the state as they cast their vote to table this Schumer proposal. And in front of all of those desks, you will see two curved tables. Those aren't there typically. Uh, they have been installed special for this event. One table is uh, occupied by the members of the president's defense team. That's on the right side if you're facing the, spe- the leader uh, or the president rather. And then on the left side, you'll see 
see a similarly shaped table uh, occupied by the members of the House management team. Those are the folks prosecuting uh, this case against the president. Now, why are the tables interesting? Well, because as I said, they're not typically there. And they are constructed in a way that exactly fit in the space. They call it the well. That's between the desks that occupy the the Senate clerk and their uh, staff, as well as the president of the Senate as he sits in his chair today, occupied by Chief Justice John Roberts. There are these curved tables that fit exactly uh, in the space, in the well, between the desks of the senators now acting as, uh, you can call them jurors. Mike Lee would take objection to that, but uh, uh, the jurors uh, and then the prosecutors and the defense, they're in these tables. Now, that is a, a terribly minute uh, nothing detail. Uh, but I wonder, I wonder if, number one, were they built special for this moment? Or, uh, number two, uh, were they just conveniently shaped? And, number three, are they the same tables uh, that were used during the, the Clinton proceedings? I don't know. Uh, if, if you can tell, I'm, I'm really uh, scratching and looking for details that are interesting in this uh, proceeding as they go through repeating over and over the 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 details of their defense or support of these uh, measures before we get started in earnest. Now, listen, I have just a few moments left. I'm sorry I wasted so much time talking about a table. Uh, There is a story that uh, uh, yesterday I wanted to cover because it was Martin Luther King Day, and I thought that this was very appropriate uh, to that day. And it has to do with the naming of a Gerald R. Ford-class aircraft carrier. It will, for the first time in history, bear the name of an African-American, Doris Miller. Doris Miller, it was announced just yesterday by acting secretary of the Navy, uh, Doris Miller... Ship's cook, third class, Doris Miller, uh, his name will adorn a Gerald Ford class aircraft carrier that was announced at a, during a ceremony in Pearl Harbor uh, just yesterday. And the announcement uh, came on Martin Luther King Day at the ceremony highlighting the contributions of African Americans to the greatest generation. Uh, the Navy put out uh, all this information in a release that I received uh, yesterday. This will be the second ship named in honor of Miller and the first aircraft carrier ever named for an African-American. This also will be the first aircraft carrier named in honor of a sailor for actions while serving in the enlisted ranks. Uh, So often it's the officers that get the credit. Well, this time uh, we're going to part from that and we're going to put the name of an enlisted man on the side of an aircraft carrier. The secretary of the uh, Navy, a gentleman named Thomas Modley, said that, quote, in selecting this name, we honor the contributions of all our enlisted ranks, past and present men and women of every race, religion, and background. Uh, The secretary said, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. observed that everybody can be great uh, because uh, anybody can serve. Uh, no one understands the importance and true meaning of service than those who have volunteered to put the needs of uh, others above themselves. Time is tight. I want to tell you about the courageous actions by this uh, by this gentleman. It was on December 7th, 1941, uh, that Miller was collecting laundry on the battleship West Virginia. You know that one. Uh, when the Japanese attacked, uh, when those 
alarms sounded for general quarters, uh, he headed to his battle station. And uh, his battle station was an anti-aircraft battery magazine. And when he got there, he discovered that a torpedo had damaged and wrecked uh, the gun he was assigned to uh, aid in uh, operating. And uh, he was then ordered to the ship's bridge to aid uh, a commanding officer who had been wounded. He later then manned a 50 caliber Browning anti-aircraft machine gun until he ran out of ammunition. Uh, Miller then... He helped move many of the injured sailors as the ship was ordered abandoned due to uh, the fires and the burning oil there. Uh, And uh, anyway, from that ship, uh, there were uh, 150 lost uh, and the Arizona uh, nearby lost uh, 1,500. And it was uh, Miller's actions that saved uh, a lot of lives that day, he went on and, and served a, a long and storied career and was ultimately killed uh, in 19... Oh, I'm sorry, just a few years later. I'm so sorry. I got that detail correct, uh, incorrect. It, just a few years later, uh, he aboard the USS Liscombe uh, when that ship was hit by a torpedo. Uh, he went down uh, with that ship, and it is his name, Doris Miller, that will be uh, on the side of an aircraft carrier, the big kind, the Gerald Ford class aircraft carrier. Uh, and uh, anyway, anyway, that's a story I wanted you to know. I had hoped to get to it yesterday, but uh, the events in Grantsville uh, kept me from it. Next up, I'm going to tell you about some new jobs coming to northern Utah. That is next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.